Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Home and Body Improvement Show. I believe this is episode number 45, but you know what? You can never quite be sure. If you haven't yet, go to CoachPots.com and sign up for that newsletter and send me some questions. I'm still waiting for you to send me questions so I can answer them on the show. Without further ado, episode number 45, Home and Body Improvement Show. going on home and body improvement show fan base all three of you how you guys doing today 45 episodes you think we would have got a more of a following by now you know i mean how long does it take to create a fan base for a podcast apparently the answer to that question is um it's not possible you can't do it so um um, all my hard work isn't, isn't paying off. So real, real happy today. Real positive. <laughs> Way to go, coach. Way to be inspirational to all three of your fans. I'm sorry, folks. It's not you. I promise. It's me. I, uh, it's not even like a busy day. It was just like, you know, I should have done this last night. I pushed it out to tonight and then the day dragged on and yada, yada, yada. And it was 60 some degrees. I probably was outside for a grand total of 20 minutes and, uh, I need some sun, man. I need some vitamin D. I'm looking forward to my workout tomorrow. That should be fun. For those of you that know, I have a personal training studio in River Forest, Illinois, and my morning group, we typically train via Zoom, but tomorrow we're going to get together and do a workout in person. So that is kind of exciting. So it's nice to see those guys in the flesh. Most of us will be wearing masks, and those that don't, I will stay the heck away from. Although I feel like we're turning a corner. seems like with the vaccines coming out and stuff like that, not that... You know, things are getting more lax, but like they are, you know, in terms of like people's attitudes, I mean, we're all still doing our precautionary measures, right? However, I feel like, you know, some of the restrictions like the restaurants and they're talking about being able to go to the Sox games. I'm sure that's some sort of running joke between the Sox and the Cubs because it's going to be limited capacity at both Wrigley and Sox Park. But, you know, it's not like the White Sox ever really had an issue with too many people showing up, which is great for me because I live right down the street, essentially, from the ballpark. And anytime I I could be like watching the game in the first inning and be like, oh, I'd like to watch, I'd like to see this game in person and be there by the end of the first, you know, the end of the inning. Um, and I like the White Sox. I'm not going to lie. I feel like it, it, the, the fan base for the Cubs is a little overblown. You know, I don't know why. It's just the North Side thing, I guess, and every else, everywhere else in the world. But I grew up in the South Side of Chicago, and we are diehard Bears fans, and we are diehard Sox fans. Although most people don't know this, well, people my age don't know this, and younger, I guess, is that the the, the Bears used to play at Wrigley Field, and the Chicago Cardinals, well, the Cardinals organization, who is in Arizona right now, actually originated in Chicago, and they went to St. Louis, then they went to Phoenix, now they're to Arizona, whatever that means. But, um... It, and my dad was telling me how, like, the Cardinals played at Soldier Field. They were the South Side team, and the Bears played at Wrigley Field, and they were the North Side team. But eventually, Cardinals left town, and the Bears made Soldier Field their home, I believe, in the 70s, maybe earlier. 
it doesn't it just seems surreal to me all i know is like they actually played at wrigley field which is kind of funny too because i was at a football game at wrigley field when northwestern played illinois and they did not measure the field correctly and the wall was too close to the end zone so they ended up playing the whole game facing one direction meaning even if you punted to the other team they would have to stop the the play and put the person you know put the team on that yard line and have them work backwards so um crazy football talk why are we talking about football i'm gonna bust out meaning like plow through the home improvement home improvement portion of the show a little bit of a tongue twister if you if you like tongue twisters home improvement portion of the show so uh what did i do this week i cleaned my bathroom drain which is like it's one of those dumb things that you do that doesn't take very long and you wonder why you didn't do it earlier uh i bought one of those i mean i'll make a video for it don't you worry it those of you who follow me on instagram and wonder what it's like to clean a bathroom drain i bought one of those plastic they look like almost like a zip tie but they have ridges on the side and you know stuck it down the drain but i was you know plowing away all the disgusting hair was just coming out which i don't know where that hair came from to be honest and I guess you're supposed to put one of those catch, I think that's what they call it, but like it's a screen on top of, you know, I just don't have long hair, so I don't worry about it, but, and I'm not going to guess where that hair actually came from. But nonetheless, my drain was just getting clogged. And so I'm using this like little zip tie looking thing. I'm pulling hair out, feeling good about myself. And then I realized that I could actually take the part of the drain that goes down into the hole off. All I needed was a Phillips head screwdriver. So I was able to do that, able to clean the sucker out. My drain works great. I felt good about myself. Sense of accomplishment. Little things, folks. So I think the overarching theme here is if there's little tasks around your house, don't put them off. Just do them because there's a good chance they don't take very long and it will help improve quality of life. The issue I was having was that, like, you know, I would shower and like, let's say, you know, I was like, even like with the dogs and stuff like that, like the 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 water wasn't draining fast enough or when i for the film i have to fill my fish tank bucket by bucket so i got to dump it into yeah it's like oh that's apartment life for you i got to dump it into the um the bathtub and then fill it up from the bathtub but it wasn't filling up fast enough and it would just take forever um it wasn't draining fast enough i should say long story short cleaning drains in the bathroom was not that difficult and then i wanted to try and see if my you know kitchen sink and even bathroom sink had a much uh you know, cause I, I was like, this, this little magical zip tie, where did you come from? Like, it, it was cool. It was like, I mean, it's one of those things that like, you're like, why didn't I invent this? I probably could be a bazillionaire now. But my kitchen sink nor my bathroom sink did not have as much clutter. And they seemed to work kind of fine anyway. And so I didn't pull much stuff out. I guess, I guess there's not much hair going on there. It's, it's hair. Hair is the devil, man. We should all be bald. And then you don't have to worry about clogging any sinks. Let's move on. Um... Went to Home Depot today. That was, I don't, like, for me, you know, for me, I, um, it, it's like, it's just brand, I don't know if it's brand loyalty. It's the fact is that those big box stores are typically laid out in the same fashion. So when I need something, I can, it doesn't matter which Home Depot I go to, I get a general sense of where things are in the store and I can kind of just go get it. So uh, I did not make a video on this, but at my gym, I wanted to put up a screen. Why? Not, it's okay, the screen doesn't cover the whole garage door area, which I understand is usually the purpose of a screen, is to kind of keep the bugs out and stuff. But I could care less about the bugs. I was there last summer, didn't have any issue with that. The real reason is because the sun shines down on the sidewalk and it's blinding. So 
I wanted just some sort of barrier to where I didn't have to wear sunglasses every time I was there. And people walk by my, you don't have to see it, but like it's, it's a, it's a, the storefront is a garage door, right? So it's right next to the sidewalk. People walk by and they just kind of poke their head in and like, you know, hey, and start having like conversations with you when, when you're in the middle of a back squat. It, it's kind of annoying. So I'm not saying that like, I don't like that, that's kind of thing doesn't really bother me, but it, it is annoying. And I feel like with some sort of barrier, hopefully people will, mind their own damn business and just let me get back to my back squats because you've seen my chicken legs and I got to put some size on, man. I got to get gains. It's what life is all about, man. Benching and back squatting. Don't skip leg day ever. So in order to put this screen up, I ordered a pretty cheap screen. It, it was a 10 by 12, you know, black screen that you would probably see, I feel like, in a baseball field somewhere where they like just put them on the fence. And uh, I have... You know, I because I also have a backdrop. I have a, let's put it this way: I have an area to hang poles in my gym. So I zip tied it to the poles. Uh, I put it down, and then I needed something to kind of weight it so the bottom of it would just flap around everywhere. And I don't want to do bungees, bungee cords. So I went and bought a PVC pipe, spray painted it black, zip tied that sucker to the bottom of it. It's got a little bit of weight. Uh, it should work just fine, and so far so good. So. That is the home improvement portion of the show. Been working on home project. I, did, I should have made a video of it. Here's the deal with those videos. I, it's not that I get lazy. I just don't think of it first and foremost. Um, back in the day, I used to vlog every single day, and I brought my Canon 80D camera around. You know, it's, the camera wasn't even as much as the lens was. So, you know, that's about a $2,000 setup at least. Um, maybe not these days, but back when I bought it, it was. And it's like toting around a $2,000 camera. Not like not the best thing in the world. Like you just get paranoid about dropping it and stuff and doing whatever. So, you know, I always have my phone on me. I take a lot of these videos with my phone. Quality is okay for what I'm doing. Um, but you know, since I always have my phone on me, I don't always think to pull my phone out in order to, you know, just start filming away. And the nice thing about the phone, the phone though, is like when I had my Canon 80D and I was like, you know, walking around like, you know, Pete's, market like I remember you know someone telling me well you can't take photos in here and then same thing happened I went to another uh, grocery store and they're like you need to put your camera away but with the phone they don't really know or seem to care as much because it's kind of hard to prove that I was actually taking a video when I could just be you know playing Angry Birds I think Angry Birds is not the game anymore what's the game people play I it'll come to best fiends I keep hearing commercials for that on the radio they're like well just this game will take up all your time. I was like, yeah, if it's anything close to Angry Birds, it probably will. And I don't want to do that. Did I just hit Birds? That was kind of a kind of a phenomenal accent. I probably should work into my show more often. Uh, let's talk a little bit about being a master. And by that, I mean being old. And so the reason I bring this up is because I'm still working out like a maniac because, you know, that's what I do. But I'm, I feel a tweak in my left knee. I actually, now it's... The difference between like a throbbing pain and like an acute pain is an acute pain, you feel it and it happens right away and you can actually pinpoint when it happened. So I didn't say anything, but I was working out with a client on uh, last Saturday. So was that like seven or eight days ago, nine days ago? And we were doing a power clean and a hand clean specifically for those of you want to know where I'm starting my cleans. It was at the knee and um, I just felt a tweak like a pop and I was like, uh oh. 
And I didn't say anything because it didn't really limit what I was doing that day. Continued to do the exercise. Uh, we finished up. And that was another thing, too. It's like, you know, good buddy, you know, client as well. And we're working out together. We do a workout. And he goes, all right, now we're going to finish with another workout. And I was like, eh. And he's like, well, let me put it together. And I was like, all right. So he puts it together. It's burpees and push-ups, which... Listen, if I give you burpees and push-ups, it's either because I'm mad at you or it's because I really don't feel like, I mean, that's like the baseline, stupidest thing you could do. I'm like, zero creativity. I mean, it's just really like, oh, you could do this workout anywhere. It's like, yeah, but who wants to do burpees and push-ups? Honestly, like, wouldn't you rather at least mix it up? So we ended up doing a, what you would call a wad, you know, a nice conditioning circuit, high intensity, good stuff, and then finishing with a set of push-ups and burpees, uh, 55 each. Um, actually, we worked up and down. So what we did was you do one push-up, five burpees, two push-ups, five burpees, three, and so on and so forth, all the way up to 10, and then back down um, you know, with the push-ups, and then we always did five burpees. So that that's like ends up being like 18 or 19, I think it's like 19 sets. So 19 times five, and essentially 50, oh, close to 55, 64. Anyway, the point is it was close to 100 burpees and push-ups to finish. Not even like, I don't know. It was just, I'm not I'm not like clients come up with workouts anymore because you get stupid stuff like that. Um, anyway, anywho, but when I tweaked my knee, you know, I was doing some lunges today and I could feel it again. And I'm starting to think like, hey, maybe I'm falling into that master's court. You know, it, it was funny because CrossFit had the open and they changed the masters to, there was the 35 to 39 year old division. There was a bit a lot of pushback in a sense of like, hey, I'm 35, man. I'm not a master. That's for old people. And now, you know, you pass that 40 threshold, which is where I'm 41 now. I, um, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll take that whole master's thing. So the question I have that I'm going to answer because nobody asked me any questions this week is, you know, what do you, as a master, like, how do you change up your game? Um, like, does the training change? Like, what is it that you should do in order to, you know, continue to train? I'm going to say later in life, but continue to train, you know, as you get older. And there's a couple things that, like, I don't know if I would say tips, but there was definitely some mantra that I, you know, subscribe to. In the sense that, like, I these work for me. It allows me to work out on a relatively on a daily basis or pretty damn close to it. Um, I still feel like I can sprint upstairs. I still feel like I can carry heavy objects. And why am I able to do all that stuff? So let's talk about, I say five, but I don't like to make lists because then I feel constricted. But let's say about close to five or more than five things that you should do as you get older uh, or things you should at least be aware of. First and foremost, if you're starting working out at like the age of 40 or 50 or whatever, meaning you didn't normally follow a routine before then or you didn't really play sports in high school or, you know, this is the first time you're actually attempting to, you know, follow any kind of exercise regimen and stuff like that. And God bless you, man. Everyone should do it. And if you're waiting to be that, I'm not saying it's late in the game. I think anytime you start is the perfect time. Uh, and let's get this ball rolling. This doesn't really apply to you. This applies to somebody who, you know, kind of, has been training either on and off or, you know, they might take a week or a month or even a year or so off, but has been relatively consistent outside of occasional small or large gap. Like if you want to continue to train later in life, 
Uh, there's some things you need to think about. Uh, one of them is you need to kind of set goals in your mind. If you're training sports specific, you know, like the marathon, like it, it's not to say easier, but it does get easier to win a marathon the older you get, or at least in your age division, because there's less people competing, you know? So like, think about it. If, you know, if you're 98 years old and you decide to run a marathon, there's a good chance you're going to win your age division. And that's kind of a big deal because, you know, forget the fact that there's nobody else in your age division. Just remember that you, you know, at that age were able to win something. And, and some people don't go through their whole life without winning anything. So, you know, it took you 98 years to get there. But I, I, I salute you, sir or madam. Um, you know, and I want to be able to do stuff like that. But right now, I'm not training for anything specifically. I will soon. I'm, we're doing a hiking trip in the Grand Canyon. So I will start training for that. And I just got suckered into doing one of those go ruck or tough ruck or, you know, ruckers or whatever the hell in July. So I will do some stuff before then just to make sure that I'm ready for it. But, you know, in terms of running a triathlon for a specific time, in terms of, you know, I don't know if they do wrestling at that age, it'd be kind of gross to watch two old men roll around on a map, but maybe like basketball or something like that, or I want to win my rec league title once again, or, you know, a sport, you know, I want to say like darts or pool, because you probably don't need to be in great shape to do either one of those. But, you know, if you're still playing in a competitive level or still competing in a sense, and you have a sport specific goal, um, you have to continue to play that sport, no doubt. But you got to kind of tweak what you're going to do outside of that sport, meaning you're probably not working out three times a day and then going to baseball practice, you know, like you would in high school. Um, those days as a master are done. So your sport could technically count for, you know, um, what it is you're like training your, you know, if, if ultimately your goal is to stay in shape and you're doing this sport and training specifically for that, that's great. You probably don't need outside training or as much of it, you know, as a, as a youth, when you're trying to build strength and um, build endurance and stuff, you probably need to do extra because you need to get to a certain plateau. As a master, you probably have those tricks in your bag, maybe not as good as you were when you were younger, but then again, you're not training for endurance or specific strength. You're training for that sport. So sport, sports, uh, ugh, what is going on? Uh, sport specific goal training uh, should kind of lend itself to playing that sport and a little bit less of the outside strength and conditioning. So that is a tip for people who are getting ready for a specific event. For those of us that aren't getting ready for a specific event that I'm not, uh, cutting down on the volume is something to consider. So volume in terms of weight training is literally the weight times the number of reps times the number of sets. So I don't want to do math, but if I'm doing 150 pounds for three sets of five, you know, that's 15 total reps times 150 pounds, you can get a certain number there, right? Um, but 15 would be my total, you know, uh, volume. And I probably want to keep it relatively low. Um, you know, I, I remember seeing a routine from one of the fitness pros that I really revered, but unfortunately died because he was trying to outrun a train and he didn't win. Uh, Greg Plitt, he, you know, put up his chest routine and I don't know if it was just because he was showing off or whatever, but it was literally like eight exercises, you know, four to five sets each. It ended up being about 32 to almost 40 sets on chest. Uh, and that's all he did that day, but 40 sets. Like, even if you were, like, a minute a set, which you wouldn't be because you still have to rest. Like, let's say you did let's – let, let's say somehow you were able to do a minute a set and rest for a minute. That right there is an hour and 20 um, of just chest. Like, you wouldn't be able to, like, move your chest. 
that's a lot of volume. I mean, that's insane. So most of the stuff that I read, the you know the the volume. If you're doing one body part, it's probably somewhere between twelve and twenty sets total. You know, if you're doing more than one body part, it's probably closer to that eight to twelve range. Uh, and if you're doing a full body circuit, it may be like three or four on each body part, and you're kind of moving on. But the total sets usually don't go over twenty. Um, so cutting down on the volume is going to help you to be able to train longer as a master. But just being aware of the fact that, you know, you probably, if your warm-up sets really don't count towards your working sets, your working sets don't have to be crazy heavy. The crazy heavy sets are like one or two sets total. You know, I'm not doing a max rep, you know, three to four times within one session. I might do a max rep three to four times a year, you know. So cutting down the volume is another thing that you're going to want to think about as a master's athlete. Uh, you're also going to want to think about recovery. So I have always, this is my, and I'm not the only person who feels this way because I've, I know that I've seen, it was some ballet dancer she was talking about. I think it was, I, was the, the, I don't know if it was one of those like Charles Duhigg, The Power of Habit books or Angela Duckworth, The Grit. Um, there was like, they were talking about this routine in the sense that like the lady knew that if she could get into the cab, which took her to the gym, that she was going to do her workout. But sometimes that was the threshold she needed to get to in order to know she was going to do her. She was a ballet dancer in New York, if I didn't mention that. And But she was like, I got to get into the cab. As soon as I get in the cab, I'm good, right? That's how I feel about my workout. But since I like work at the gym, it's not like as soon as I get to the gym, I'm fine. It's more like as soon as I get to my warm-up. If I'm like 10 minutes into my warm-up, there's like a 95 maybe even close to like 98% chance that I'm going to finish the workout. Occasionally, I'll warm up and then like start looking at my phone or something will happen. I'm just like, eh, maybe I'll just finish this tomorrow or I'll do abs at home. That's kind of a running joke. No, everybody that says, oh, you know, my routine's done. I'm supposed to do abs. I'm going to do abs at home. Nobody in the history of ever saying that has ever done abs at home. But, um, you know, if I can get my warm up going, uh, I know that I'm going to most likely complete my workout. And But the sense that... I do spend time warming up and I do spend time cooling down, like some foam rolling, you know, some dynamic stretching, you know, just and by dynamic, I mean, I literally mean like leg swings and arm circles. And, you know, I use, I kind of lean towards the yoga uh, side of the house. And so I'll finish with like a quasi yoga routine, just like some downward dogs, child's pose, you know, whatever mountain pose. I think that's where you just stand straight up. I never learned the Sanskrit. Did you guys know, like, well, yoga is all Sanskrit. So, you know, Shavasana and Kutimanama and Bada Buddha Bada. I don't know. I made those words up. But, like, that's all Sanskrit, and that's what every pose has a Sanskrit name. I could care less about the Sanskrit. I could really, to a degree, care about the whole meditative side of yoga as well. I kind of just like the workout and the stretching. Um, but, so... I will, I will always cool down. So as a master, that's why I refer to myself from here on out, uh, Master Coach Potts or just Coach Potts, the master of the universe, whichever one you prefer. Um, I definitely spend more time warming up and more time cooling down. You know, when back in the day, my you know warm up was literally like my first set of my first exercise and my cool down was my final set. And I would just, you know, run out of a smoothie bar and talk to the hot chick. That's not true, but I did. There was a gym. And uh, it was called Omni 41, right on Route 41 in uh, Cherville, Indiana, if you guys are familiar with the region. And they did have a pretty dynamite smoothie bar, and they did usually put good-looking women there. And it did make it super easy to want to buy a protein shake after your workout because, you know, you still think you got it, you know. And you're just, hey, sugar pie, you know, extra goji berries, sure. Um, uh, ooh, boy, weird tangent. So uh, extra warming up, extra cooling down, 
as a master, do it. Um, in terms of like how you train, I don't think there's much of a difference. It's not like there was a there was a kind of a rift in the um, I just say weightlifting community, but like when Greg Glassman founder of CrossFit, boy, you sure talk about CrossFit a lot, Coach. Yeah, I know. But when he came along, he actually was calling out some of the quote unquote gurus, or let's just say guys that have been on the scene for a long time. Uh, one of them is oh man. Why, why is his name? Mike Boyle. And Mike Boyle has been around forever. I think one of his big books was either him or Alan Costco wrote like the new rules of lifting. But, you know, he was out of uh, East Coast, I think uh, Boston or somewhere in that area. But Mike Boyle is the guy. You'd see him at all the Perform Better seminars, you know, and he was the one everyone referred to because he had all this innovative stuff. But he always, in my opinion, talked over your head. So if you were kind of a layman, like which I was at the time when I was following Mike Boyle, you'd think he was a genius because he was using all these terms that you didn't understand or you focus on specific muscles that you didn't know you had. But Greg, and one of the things he had said was, you know, senior citizens or whatever shouldn't be doing Olympic lifts uh, and they definitely shouldn't be lifting things over their head. And Greg Glassman being the rogue fitness guy that he was, was he called Mike Boyle a turd and uh, said, of course, seniors should be able to lift things over their head. You know, how are you going to put stuff on a top shelf? Ask your grandchild. Like the philosophy was like, you know, don't tell me that I'm old and I can't do it. And I really, really, really believe that in the sense that like, you know, when I get to be 80, 90 years old, my goal is to live to 90, anything after that bonus. Uh, I, I don't want to be relying on other people to, you know, grab the chicken soup off the top shelf or whatever old people eat, probably applesauce, right? I want to be able to do that stuff myself. I want to be able to function in society and maybe not drive a car. I wouldn't mind. Maybe like by that time, Uber would be so accessible. You won't even need a car, but the point is, maybe cars will be flying by then. There's a good chance I'll be, I could just get my jetpack and go to the superstore, or go to the grocery store. That'd be fun. Or like in the Jetsons where they had like these escalators that kind of went to everywhere or like moving pathways. That's what the future is going to be like. And we're all going to have robots named Rosie. But I want to be able to do that stuff myself. And I don't want to be told, well, hey, be careful, our 60 year old man. You probably shouldn't be lifting over your head. You might conk your noggin. Um, well, how do you get good and how do you maintain stuff like that? You start in your youth and you continue to do that throughout your life. You continue to do exercises that involve, you know, a jerk is essentially just lifting something from your shoulder to your above your head. A snatch is just lifting something from the ground to above your head. I want to be able to do all that stuff. So as a master, continue to do those exercises. Don't regress in the fact that you're like, well, my days of back squatting are done. Well, you know, maybe you're not you know, back squatting as much as me, which is close to 700 pounds, but you can still do back squats. You know, you have, might have to tweak it a little bit. You might have to do, I don't think you should ever um, decrease the range of motion because you're worried about your joints getting you know, banged up. But you may have to decrease the volume and you may have to decrease, you know, uh, some of the poundage. But in terms of the actual movement, I don't think you ever have to do that. So that's a trap you don't want to fall into as a master um, is thinking that, okay, now since I'm old, uh, that was a great one. I was in the army briefly and the PT there just got easier for the short time I was in it in that they had actually sent out rules about doing squats and they didn't want anybody to go below 90 degrees and the warm up exercises didn't involve anything that really bent the knee. And the truth was 
they had a bunch of overweight people in the army that couldn't do squats. So instead of trying to get those people back in shape, they changed the actual exercise routine and made certain rules. And they just figured, oh, well, by not bending your knee, we won't have to deal with any knee issues, which medical benefits in the army are phenomenal. When we all have to do any knee surgeries and, you know, we'll be good to go. And that is true. You know, you probably won't blow out an ACL, you know, doing a deep squat if you don't squat at all. But there's a also a likelihood that you won't blow out an ACL if you don't weigh, you know, 100 pounds over what you probably should and or have never done a deep squat before. You know, it's kind of like one of those things like you'll see doctors tell people that too. Like whoever, like high blood pressure and stuff like that. Like they'll in my opinion, venture outside of their scope of practice and tell people, well, all oh, your knees hurt? Yeah, well, just, you know, don't run. You'll be fine. And that's true. Like, if you don't get into a car, you'll never get into a car accident. Like, that's a fact. But that's so, it's such a blanket statement that, you know, me as a trainer, people come to me and be like, well, my doctor told me not to run, you know, because I went to him seven years ago and I had some knee pain. And I go, well, your doctor, that's like asking your electrician to change the oil in your car. I don't know if anyone has an electrician. Let's just say plumber. That's like asking a plumber, you know, to, to fix the, the cavity that you have in your tooth. Like, that's not what they do. Doctors, medical doctors, diagnose illness and prescribe medication. That's what they do. Me, as a fitness professional, tells you what you need to do to live a long and happy, healthy life and laugh a lot. I mean, well, me personally, I'm just super funny, so I'll make you laugh. That's what I do. But, you know, medical doctors, that, that's outside their scope of practice. I, it, I'm getting off on a tangent here. So as an older person, there you go, Another as a master, don't listen to your doctor when it comes to your exercise routine. That's not what they do. Uh, listen to fitness professionals. Listen to, you know, people that are athletes, that are, you know, their game is transitioning. Um, but don't listen to, like, you know, the medical profession does kind of run up against you know, the, the fitness professional, but it's the fitness industry as a whole, because that's the easy thing is just to tell someone, stop working out. Oh, your arm hurts? Well, stop working out and the pain will go away. I was like, well, what if they just do lower body for a while? Or what if, you know, we, we change the exercise in a way that it doesn't aggravate the arm as much and you continue to get the benefit from exercise, you know, without just completely stopping. So that's another thing I would tell a master too. And also, if you are someone who's been training for 40, 50 years, I mean, and, and that's realistic, right? Like, you know, you start an exercise routine in your, you know, your teenage years, you know, which is, I, for me, like resistance training really shouldn't start until about puberty-ish, right? So that for guys, it's, you know, you're getting your arm in your hair pit for women, you know, things start growing in certain places. Uh, that's when, you know, resistance training could, you know, you probably would benefit most because you're generating, you know, the hormones that would allow the muscles to grow. I mean, that's a fact, right? Anything before that, you're probably less beneficial or there's a good chance that you could either, you know, severely hurt yourself just by doing something that, you know, not not advised. Like, you know, deadlifted heavy as like an eight-year-old is probably not a great idea, you know. Um, and there's no benefit to it. Like, even if you set a world record, no one cares. And In fact, they look at you and go, what are you, a maniac? You know, you're, why is your kid lifting that, that kind of weight? Um, but, you know, there's things you can do as an eight-year-old. But, you know, what, what do you, I mean, do parents these days think they're going to create some sort of, like, super athlete who's going to, I don't know, get a shoe deal and support them for the rest of their lives? I don't know. I feel like kids should be kids. And if you really are trying to train for a sport or train for the sake of training, as soon as puberty hits that's when we can hit the ground running but let's build on the fundamentals before then um uh some people are going to disagree with that but i just don't see i'm not saying that kids shouldn't work out i think that their workout should be as fun as possible because it's very very easy to kind of get you know tell 
you know, like during gym class, telling kids to do like sit-ups and push-ups. I remember that being kind of like torture, you know? But I could play basketball all day long, you know? Like you know, tag and other games like that. I was the king. I was really good at Foursquare, the champ. You know, people would see me walking down the halls and just dive out of the way, you know, during third grade because that's how good I was at Foursquare. I guess, hey, for a master, um, what else should you do? Keep it fun, you know? Exercise shouldn't be painful in the sense that you don't look forward to it. I mean, that's mentally taxing when you're like, I hate working out and you do it anyway. Um, if you can, you know, it doesn't have to be games or stuff like that, but if you can have some sort of incentive-based workouts where, you know, I'm not going to eat Nutella until I do 100 push-ups or something like that, you know, something that keeps it interesting. You know, I'm, I'm going to watch this movie, but I'm only going to do it if I watch it while I'm on the treadmill or something. I don't know. I mean, I do know because I pretty much know everything when it comes to fitness, but keeping it interesting I think we'll keep you doing it longer. I think as a, as a master, the older you get, the more it is that you probably should find someone else to do it with, too. So, like, boot camps, even though they may be hell on earth for some people, if there's, like, you know, 10, 15, 20 people in a class, it's, that's kind of fun. Um, I know guys, in particular, like to go to core power yoga because they want to stare at, you know, a sweet ass inside of a Lululemon, you know, shorts. And if that keeps them coming back and working out, God bless them. You know, just put, keep your tongue in your mouth scumbag and don't drool anywhere and pretend like we're just working out and uh if, if that's what keeps you going and ladies i don't know exactly what it is when it comes to like like if you like those big beefy guys with you know the it's funny they'll have like their shirts but like it's not a tank top but it's like a t-shirt but it's like ripped from the armpit pretty much to the bottom you know if that does it for you know carrying around a water jug and maybe a bandana but definitely a weight belt using it for exercises he definitely doesn't need a weight belt for. If that's the kind of thing you do, like that gets your loins to fire, by, by golly, if that's going to keep you coming to the gym, then just go for it. So as a master, let's say someone that crosses that, I'm a, you know, not a spring chicken, uh, you know, finding interesting ways to keep the working out going, even if that involves being in a group or somehow making a game out of it, that's ideal. Why? Because you should be working out every day. Why? Because to me, and this is something I'm going to trademark right here and now, fitness is hygiene. You don't skip brushing your teeth. You don't skip your shower. At least you shouldn't. You shouldn't skip your workout. It's something you should plan on doing every day. Folks, that was episode number 40, and I forgot, 45? I think it's 45 of the Home and Body Improvement Show. Again, I'm still waiting for your questions. Why? Because you don't send any. And I got like one new subscriber on my newsletter. Is this ridiculous? The amount of time I put into this thing, and the, and the valuable information, which is practically gold, I should be getting more. So uh, looking forward to hearing from you, and I will see you in the next episode.